Hello, this is Aaron Saft and the MR Running Pains Podcast, episode number 89. Getting up there. It's awesome. And uh, today, or this episode, we are going to interview Chris Roberts. Chris Roberts, uh, if you go back to episode number 74, I interviewed uh, Chris and John Anderson after they had uh, completed the Black Hills 100 and went 1-2. Um, just uh, two great guys that I really enjoy talking to. Uh, didn't have the uh, the foresight to see that Chris would uh, do as amazingly as he did at uh, Big's Backyard. Not but uh, <laughs> less than a week. Um, well, now it'll be just over a week as this releases. But, man, uh, Chris finishing second to Harvey Lewis in the Big's Backyard Ultra. What a amazing performance. Uh, just, <laughs> gosh, the, all the miles that they did. Uh, so I'm really happy for Chris. Uh, a huge congratulations um, on that accomplishment. Uh, you know, it ended up being a world record for Harvey Lewis, and, and Chris got the assist. It was over the uh, previous world record. So phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Just awesome. And really enjoy talking to Chris. Uh, he's so down to earth. Um, I love his uh, his sarcasm and, and sense of humor. Uh, it cracks me up. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Chris Roberts. I am welcoming back Chris Roberts from uh, our episode 74. Um, Chris just did a little jaunt in Tennessee, um, you know, probably one of the uh, the shorter races distances that are out there. Um, <laughs> Chris, how are you today? Uh, I'm good. Uh, still Still healing. <laughs> I get back into this point of things emotionally and physically right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we are uh recording here it is what october 25th um chris did the big show, backyard uh, run and uh bell buckle is that, is that right bell buckle bell buckle tennessee bell buckle tennessee right and um that was uh not this past weekend but the weekend before correct yep so the uh you started on when did you start on Friday? Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Okay. Yep. Saturday morning. That would have been the 16th. So um, he's got about 10. Well, and then you finished. <laughs> God, you finished on, was uh, it Tuesday? Tuesday? Tuesday night. Yeah. Tuesday night. Okay. So, yeah. So we're not quite a week yet removed from, from the event. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine. So, Chris, um, how did this all come about? You are you know, you got yourself into, to bigs. How did that come about? Um, sorry, just a second. I was turning on my, my, uh, uh, my, my computer's connected to like a smart, uh, outlet. <laughs> it turns <laughs> off at this time every, every night. So I <laughs> make sure it wouldn't, wasn't turning off. Um, yeah. It, so I, I signed up for Capital Backyard, which was in May. Um, and that was out in the, the DC area. So, um, you know, kind of organized by, uh, Sir Smith, who's involved with, you know, happy trails. And there's just, you know, all these, uh, Virginia happy trails folks out there. Um, and since I was, you know, from the area, lived out there, started running out there, um, you know, seven or eight years ago is when I started running, got into the club and stuff. So I figured it'd be a great, great place, uh, to have my first backyard, and the entire objective was to do well enough at that backyard to hopefully get an at-large bid or maybe, you know, get the golden ticket um, to get into bids. So I figured Capital was going to have enough competition. Um, there's some other backyards out there that I considered signing up for, but they just didn't seem like they would be able to draw enough competition. I just, I would have really hated to, like, run a race and be like, oh, they only ran 24 hours, knowing, like, full well that I, I can do that with ease. Um, so it was nice to go to Capitol and, uh, it ended up being a 56 hour affair before I threw in the towel, uh, to Steve Slaby. Gotcha. Uh, so S Steve won the event, um, yep. and he ran, yeah. he ran, uh, so he ran 57 hours at, at Capitol. Um, there was a time there where we were going back and forth, just kind of talking about how we didn't think either one was going to you know, kind of capitulate, like we just, we thought we were both doing really well, we were strong, I wasn't necessarily interested in the win, but I just felt like we were still running forever, 
and then that suddenly changed <laughs> it was like an hour where like the lack of sleep caught up with me and I screwed up my caffeine intake and I was hallucinating like crazy and basically oh, I had to call it I was just like I'm I went from feeling perfect to just being over the edge so fast um it was crazy um, so yeah like I like I said Steve and I were running together and just we felt effortless like we didn't know who would be able to win this it was just kind of an equal competition um but then at the end of the day like he definitely he definitely won because I just went crazy uh, <laughs> and I had to stop so but there was a lot of lessons learned I'm sure from from that event yeah so like the, the whole sleep management and caffeine management were big things that I took into bigs like uh, just making sure I had that stuff planned out a bit better um knowing that like my muscles felt fine after 56 hours it was just the headspace deteriorating and you know my energy levels fluctuating like crazy um because i took in too much caffeine and then had no caffeine and just yeah and this was you said this was your first go at a, a backyard style yep and so um what what was the impetus like what <laughs> what put the thought in your head you're like this sounds like a good idea um well i mean so the the ultimate objective for me is to um find ways to train my body for barkley whenever i get in whenever that may be (laughs) and so this kind of seemed like one of those things that would help me uh with the just kind of the 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 aspect of exhaustion of having to try and push your body through multiple nights without sleep very minimal sleep um so obviously backyards aren't going to have the crazy technical um you know uh, bushwhacking and stuff with the with the insane vert that barkley has and all that off course stuff but you know trying to figure out if my body is even capable of handling that amount of time um because everything before this had been just you know 100 milers you know one of which top 24 hours um everything else is well below 24 hours so um, just trying to understand if my body could really do it um, and starting to get some lessons learned um, that I can have in my back pocket for whenever whenever I get the call for Barkley. <laughs> I think you gave yourself a pretty good shot. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'm a little I'm a little scared that you might actually let me in this next year. Um, <laughs> I'd, have to, I'd have to train really hard. <laughs> which will be interesting because of the, where you currently live um, yes. <laughs> for those that don't know chris where do you live uh i live in st louis missouri we are about uh i think the closest collection of mountains what i would define as mountains uh thousand foot climbs is actually frozen head state park in tennessee where barkley <laughs> is at um but that's like a seven or eight hour drive from my house gotcha right on yeah. uh, and i'm sure that most everybody that that listens is familiar with the format um but just in case would you kind of just talk about the format and the uh the vocabulary that is associated with uh with these uh, backyard events yes because now i am an expert um <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah the backyard you start out um and then there's a 4.167 mile loop or course, whatever you want to call it, that you have to run in an hour, in, in under an hour, um, so that you can get back to the starting corral to begin the next hour. And you just keep going and going and going. At the top of the hour, you start a new loop and just it's like a new race every single time until you, uh, you don't make the time cut off or you just fail to show up to start the next hour. Um, and we did... 11 hours of daytime loops on trails and then 13 hours of night course, which was just on a road and out and back um, on a road near the property. Um, and so, yeah, the, the race just kind of goes on and on and on until people uh, call it quits. And, uh, and then eventually there's just two people left. And when that uh, second person uh, quits, then the next person just, you know, the, the first place person just has to make it the next yard. They just have to make one more um, complete lap and they're crowned the winner. Um, and then the race ends. So. And did the, uh, the DC race, did that follow the same as, uh, you know, daytime stay on the trail and nighttime go to the road? So the difference there was in DC, we were 100% trails. It was the same loop 
every single hour. Um, yeah. Okay. Same loop every single hour. And yep. was that, and it was, I'm sorry, was that road or trail? It was all trail. Um, and it was like kind of bridal trail and stuff like that. Okay. Some of it, there's little bits of borderline technical, but most of it was kind of, you know, your typical kind of double tracky bridal trail. Okay. And um, talk about some of the things, like you said, you made, you know, you made some, some mistakes there. Talk about some of those mistakes that you made and, and then what you did to rectify that going into to bigs. Yeah. So a capital, um, I don't know if I'd call this a mistake, but it certainly didn't help me is that I was solo at capital. I didn't have any crew or anything. Um, so for the first 48 hours, I was managing everything by myself. I was coming in, I was sorting out my, my, nutritional needs for the next couple of hours and all that kind of stuff just getting everything ready to go um and it didn't really allow me any opportunity to like fully relax um because I, I didn't I never had anybody there that would be looking out for me you know if I if I fell asleep and I missed the bell then I was screwed so I was always kind of on some level of alertness um until the very end when I mean, there was times when some folks from the Happy Trails uh, Club would come out and they'd help me a little bit, get some stuff ready to go for me and things like that. But uh, in the very end of the Capitol, after about 48 hours, uh, this uh, uh, Jack Karisky, um, he's an awesome dude with the Happy Trails, just a uh, totally amazing guy. He came out and he was going to help, uh, help out Sarah Smith uh, doing some of the, the management of the race, just, you know, aid station stuff or you know, things like that, helping clean up. And instead, he, he helped me out for the last few hours, especially when I when my brain was starting to go and I just I needed someone to look after me. Um, so that was the biggest change there is that going into bigs, I had Jack come out and crew me for bigs. So I had someone dedicated, you know, looking after me the whole time throughout the, the whole race. Um, then the other things were, the, like I said, the sleep management and caffeine management. Um, so because I had someone there to look out for me, I made sure to, um, at Biggs, have a, like a dedicated sleep process. We had a cot, we had a zero-G chair, I had blankets, I had like um, uh, eye mask and noise-canceling headphones with, you know, some uh, rain sounds on an app, and I had a weighted blanket to kind of make me feel nice and cozy immediately, so I had this whole get-up, um, so I could come in and just kind of get layered up and in warm blankets and just feel at ease um, and get a few minutes of sleep here and there. Uh, and then the other thing was was caffeine. Um, I had screwed up at, at Capital at one point and I'd lost track of my caffeine. I'd gone a few hours without any. And then I downed like an entire five hour energy. <laughs> After two days without sleep and also being a person who doesn't take caffeine in his normal life, it was, <laughs> It was dramatic. It, uh, it just totally ruined me. Um, the high and then the crash afterwards. So I made sure at, at uh, Biggs to have a more, um, like a, a more managed caffeine intake. I had these little like 50 milligram strips. They're almost like little mint that you put in your mouth and they dissolve. And I just had those on me at any given time so that I could take them whenever I felt um, like I was starting to lose mental focus. Um, and that really helped. Did you pick up anything from the other runners in either race that you incorporated or, you know, learned from and, and probably would make some, some adjustments? Um, I don't know. I think the only real thing I would say there is that you see um, some of the runners that, that really make it for a long period of time at these races, they're very slow and, and just diligent with their pacing uh especially early on like it feels painfully slow to be running you know like 12 minute miles or something on a road um when you're fresh but it, so it's kind of like weighing that do you want to get in early do you want to do, do like normal normal miles or 10 minute miles or something um they're still effortless but it gets you in with you know 20 minutes of time to spare um, maybe that's too much time because you cool down. You're just burning a tiny bit too much energy. So some of these these uh, <laughs> experienced backyarders tend to go a little bit slower. Um, maybe it's a couple minutes per lap slower than I um, and, and would be accustomed to. So um, I might going forward. So 
and slow it down even a little bit more um, to manage the, the energy levels a bit. So with that comment, you would, you would consider doing that again? <laughs> doing the race again? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I did. Like, I, I've achieved everything I wanted to achieve with the race format, but um, <laughs> I, like the, the main objective was like train for Barkley, kind of just get a feeling for what, what would come around to Barkley. Um, but then again, I did so well that uh, I'm most likely going to qualify for the Team USA for the World Team Championships next October at Bigs. Um, and I would feel like a real jerk if I didn't accept <laughs> that invitation. So, uh, yeah, I've probably got at least one more <laughs> backyard entity, but I'm not doing anything until any, anymore until next October. Um, yeah, no, no tune-ups or anything like that. <laughs> that's, that's oh man um so yeah let's let's just talk about you you know you get to um to tennessee and i mean there's there's a ton of you know of big names there it's it's kind of the, the who's who of ultra running um when you look around it's you know and were you able to just kind of focus on you or you know was was there a lot of you know just commotion around you and it was you know more of a distraction how did you feel I mean I felt pretty confident in my own abilities um I tried not to get too starstruck uh a little hard when when like Maggie and Courtney are walking around and I'm just like oh my god can I please have an autograph um but, but at the same time I did a pretty good job of just trying to stay mellow and stay focused on what my objectives were. Um, and I guess I didn't feel out of place there. I felt like I belonged um, with knowing how my capital backyard experience had gone and knowing what the problems were. Um, I felt that if I solved those problems at bigs that I would have you know, just as much right to be there uh, at the end of the race as anybody else, that's, you know, an elite name in the sport. And did you find yourself running each lap with somebody or, you know, were you, it, it jumped around from time to time. There's a period at the beginning where I tended to hover somewhere around um, Maggie or Courtney uh, for a period. And then uh, I ran with Dave Proctor. He's the Canadian. Um, I ran with him for a little while. I didn't really try and stay with anybody. Um, just try to do my own thing. Uh, but I would inevitably kind of get in a, in a tiny little pack, especially during the day on the trail. At night, I was usually just trying to, I don't know, do whatever I wanted to do, what felt right for me, um, and ignore everybody else. Yeah, and you know, you were um, you were talking about your long haul product in the last episode, um, and did you kind of did you refine it more? Because I, I know that you know, <laughs> seeing uh, seeing the post from <laughs> from uh, from long haul, uh, you know, that was a <laughs> that was a big part of your your race. So talk about that for a minute. Yeah, so the long haul sports drink that I've developed, um, still in pre-production phases, um, we're hoping to open up to uh, pre-orders uh, very soon. But actually, in two days, I've got to go visit uh, a number of facilities to see about um, renting out for manufacturing um, going forward. But uh, so on the day, long haul, it, it was my my primary nutrition strategy. I started out with you know kind of the typical 200 calories per bottle um you know for like 16 or 20 ounce bottle using that as my main nutrition source um and then supplementing with like a gel or cookies or whatever you have um on hand it sounds good at the beginning um and just as the days went on kind of adjusting from there uh but that was always the kind of centerpiece of my uh, nutrition strategy and so um did you have any caffeinated um no no, I don't have any caffeinated right now. Um, uh, we plan on on making a caffeinated uh, varieties after our first uh, our, our initial round of manufacturing. So I don't have anything like kind of made right now uh, with caffeine. Uh, so the only time I was using caffeine was when I was uh, taking those little strips that I mentioned. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and <laughs> I, I found <laughs> that one of the most interesting things was you picked up a sponsor <laughs> during the race. 
<laughs> tell, tell me how this came about. I'm, I'm really interested to hear about this story. <laughs> so, so I didn't necessarily pick it up during the race, but okay. um, yes, immediately before is that way um, stated. Uh, so yeah, I live down the street from um, from Eric Stensman's mom. Okay. Uh, and so he's been in town a few times, and we've gone on runs together and, and chit-chatted and stuff. And he works for Squirrels. Um, Squirrels not better. And I was just kind of joking about like how how they could get benefit out of sponsoring me at Bigs. You know, I got into Bigs, and I was like, you know. If you give me four hundred dollars, I'll put you know a big squirrel's nut butter face tattoo on and, <laughs> and you know stupid stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he was like, yeah, sure, I'll uh, we'll send you a skirt and you know and some products. So uh, yeah, I spent the <laughs> period of the race wearing the squirrel's nut butter singlet, which I've never worn like a, a tank top singlet kind of thing before in my life. Um, I, I do not like them at all. I feel very awkward. <laughs> There's a lot of pictures of me at Biggs um, and that squirrels. <laughs> yes, and squirrels um, actually shared it. I saw it on social media. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think at the start of the race, like, because like they, I, they just sent me a shirt basically. And so at the start of the race, I don't think they even mentioned me as uh, being sponsored. Um, but I was kind of joking around with Howie Stern, who's a photographer. Um, he was, you know, uh, doing photography for the the race and then you know also doing it for you know folks like squirrels because squirrels is sponsoring the race as well um and so you know when i had the shirt on i was kind of joking um that he needs to text eric <laughs> and let him know that he's getting his money's worth out of this free shirt that he sent me um and magically like an hour or two later apparently <laughs> on instagram and, and wherever um i was i was officially a a pro squirrel after that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So talk about, um, cause this race previously and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, this wasn't one that had sponsors, right? So was this the first year? Cause I know there was Solomon, right? Solomon came on board and you just said squirrel nut butter. So was this the first year of that? So I don't know if they had sponsors before, for this but i think it's kind of gotten to that point the race is just it's drawing so much talent <clears throat> that it's, it's really hard to ignore um and they wanted to do something with it um and so i believe it was tailwind squirrels and solomon were the big, the primary sponsors solomon far and away had the biggest sponsorship um presence they had the live feed going the whole time which is amazing you know multiple cameras out on the course um yeah so it definitely felt felt a bit different than that the, the style of race you would you would uh presume would come from from someone like Laz. but uh it's pretty neat to see it, it broadcast out um and there are you know, thousands of people online watching um different parts of the race so cool. yeah that is pretty cool it's, i mean you know I don't, I don't know if chris brown is yet to be a, a household ultra name but <laughs> i think you definitely made a dent and and gained some fans for sure um so talk about a little bit about um you know as you progressed you, you start seeing some some of these big names that we were talking about start peeling off um does that you know did that bring any notice to you or you you know you were just i got got another lap <laughs> yeah i mean i noticed but it was more like i have <laughs> I have this lap to do. I got to focus on the lap. I got to, I got to get in and I've you know, got this checklist of things in my head that I need to get in that short time period between laps. And um, so, yeah, there's the second day, like hours 25 to 35 or so. So it was the second time around on the trail and the trail is a bit more technical than I think some people would imagine. Um, I don't think it's that bad, but it's got some rock hopping elements and some places where you need to kind of watch your footing going on since. And um, you could tell that there's a number of people whose legs just weren't, <laughs> they were not prepared for, you know, another 50 miles of technical trail, um, even if it was at a fairly slower pace. Um, so I, I could, I could tell that people are starting to get a little irritated <laughs> during that second day with the trail. And then it kind of followed through into the night um, where people started just dropping off um, a little bit more quickly. And I, we should probably note that the reason the, the distance is so 
strange for point, but whatever, um, <laughs> is that when that adds up to 24 hours, that's a hundred miles. That's yep. correct. Right. Yeah. So yep. nice and easy math. Yeah. So in a 24 hour period, you know, every time these guys hit 24 hours, they hit a hundred miles as well. Um, what about your, your gear? Uh, talk about your gear for a second. Um, did you change footwear you know, between road and trail? Did you guys, did, was it that, did it necessitate that? Yeah, yeah, that was the plan. There was one time when I didn't, but that was, we can talk about that later. It's towards the end um, when everything was falling apart. <laughs> but yeah, the plan, the plan from the outset was every time you change uh, from road to trail and back that I would change my shoes up. Um, and I, I ran there. There's a couple times where I had to run like a, a night loop on the road in trail shoes, just because there's a small transition period. There's smaller transition periods during the day when you're doing the trail, just because it takes longer. Um, and so it was easier to do like the whole gear change thing after the first night loop where I, you could pad in 15, maybe 20 minutes of time. Whereas on the trail, you, you might've only gotten like seven minutes of time. Um, but I could tell like in the second day when I did that, my feet did not like running in trail shoes on the pavement. Like it just, the naughtiness <laughs> of the, the shoes was just, it felt terrible. So it was nice okay. to get a new pair of road shoes on every night so. yeah what were you using just out of curiosity uh using ultras um ultra temps and lone peaks and uh tourings on the road okay right on right on so not maximal cushion or anything okay yeah. um and obviously your main nutrition was um fluid calories how did you carry that uh just carried it in a bottle and a little handheld which uh, got frustrating after a while i've learned that so I, I love this this one, it's an older version of Ultimate Directions uh, hard bottle. Astra, yeah. And there's like the 600 milliliters. So, you know, I'd rather have 20 ounces versus a 17 ounce soft glass. Um, so I've used those for years, but they don't make them anymore. And they were nearing their end of life. <laughs> every, <laughs> every bottle I had ended its life at bigs um i'd oh. like rip off the nozzle and then like the threading would just be dead and it'd just be leaking out everywhere so well it was a slow decline. To, i think i still have some so uh let me uh let me just make a note <laughs> ud models for chris <laughs> i'm just gonna yeah. move on i've got to accept it <laughs> it's okay man I, I will i will resupply you i think i got some downstairs <laughs> so <laughs> um right on um Yes. I, I mean, I can't imagine having to carry a handheld, you know, for, oh God, four, four days. <laughs> that was. <laughs> yeah. It didn't bother me. I mean, nope. I, I've gotten to the, I, I use, I carry a handheld every single run I go on okay. um, except for really long runs and I have a, a pack. So it was pretty natural feeling to me. Uh, it didn't bother me at all. Is that why your right shoulder is so much bigger? Yeah. It's massive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, it's weird though like when you you run for like a couple hundred miles with your handheld in one hand and i switch it up a couple times in my left hand and it would immediately feel like just impossible to run like just my body doesn't know how to run that way um <laughs> what, what were the changes in the weather like did you guys have uh, many swing in temperature or any precipitation it, or anything it was perfect um yeah. i i wonder if this record will last a little while at bids just because of how perfect the weather was. We had like 70s during the day, um, got down to the 50s, maybe 40s at night. Um, absolutely no rain. The, the forecast, like when we moved, it, it rained the night before uh, the race started, but then the forecast for like four or five days was just absolutely no rain, perfect conditions. So nice. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, did you have any problems with, uh, with the feet or anything like that over the course of time? It, no, not with the feet. Um, the problems that I had were in my knee. Uh, my right knee started uh, becoming problematic um, around the third night. So mile, or sorry, hour 65 or something like that. It started getting pretty bad. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like you were favoring it bad? Um, so I couldn't put pressure. I mm. couldn't bend my knee, uh, without stabbing pains. Uh, so the entire third night I, I regressed from a normal run to power walking 
to uh, not being able to power walk because my, my knee would bend when you power walk. And every single time I did that, it was just like stabbing pains. So I had to keep my leg locked, um, straight legged like a peg leg. And I had to figure out a, a weird, like a hop skipping strategy where I, would, I kept my, my leg, my, my bad legs in the rear and I would drag it along in the air and then it would you know smack down on the ground and it kind of like pop up off it again, keeping the leg straight the whole time. Ugh. um but i had to do that for like six plus hours uh it, it was terrible um, oh my gosh Ugh, yeah. six plus hours of that uh, so and that was when there were three of you left yeah there's three of us at that point and it was just, yeah it was really weird because you're on the night loop and sometimes uh the, the japanese runner um Teramichi, um yeah he would be way behind me starting out like he was doing weird little calisthenics and stuff like that just trying to stay warm and stay alert and i'd be over there just like huffing and puffing trying to like drag this dead leg along the road um and then he'd just kind of fly by effortlessly and harvey was always ahead of me because i just i couldn't start out i had to like start out at like a slow walk to warm my leg up and um so yeah that's how the night worked out <laughs> so like by the last the last half of every of every um, road loop, I was struggling to try and maintain sight with them and get in before the cutoff. Was there much communication between the three of you once, you know, that it was just the three of you? Did you guys talk much at all? Not really. Um, I talked a little bit with Harvey. Uh, in those night hours, I didn't talk to much of anybody just because I was like, it was 100% focus on this ridiculous running form that um, was the only way I could figure out how to, how to keep moving without uh, getting timed out. Um, and then during the day, um, let's see, Teramichi, he didn't speak English. Oh, okay. um, so I couldn't really communicate with him aside from, I'd see him fall or something. Oh. And then I'd ask him if he was okay. And he would just be like, okay, okay. And then you just move on uh, oh. to think that he really was okay. <laughs> Um, I chatted with Harvey a little bit uh, here and there, but we tended to have a little bit different pace, um, especially towards the end when my, my knee was hurting. I would be much slower out of the gate, um, and they would just, you know, they'd charge off ahead of me, and I'd be playing catch up the whole, the whole lap. So. And, I mean, I, I, I apologize. Is it Teramichi? I think it's Ter Teramichi. Teramichi. Um, there's a nickname that was going around the uh, – um, I think the, the live feed, there was Mori. I don't, I don't know his full name. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I, yeah, I I, Mori is a part of his. Okay. Um, do you know, I don't know much on his background. Do you, have you heard much? I don't know much other than I saw that he'd been at Biggs before and he might have like some kind of um, Japanese uh, like trail records for like multi hundred Ks, like a 400 K style race or something like that. Um, okay. It seems like he, he had some experience with the fairly long um, races. So. And you, you said he was, uh, he, he was, he was having problems staying on his feet. <laughs> uh. Yeah. The last day, um, like hours 73 through 80, you, you could occasionally hear him out in the woods just kind of talking to himself or yelling at himself. You could tell he's probably trying to keep himself awake. Um, and he, I, I could tell he, he fell a number of times. I, I kind of stumbled upon him you know, falling a couple of times. And um, he was just, he was working hard, trying to stay awake, stay upright. He had a, he had a lean that he was working on for the last part of the day. Um, so yeah, physically he was just kind of, deteriorating and just grunting it out for hour after hour so. and and that's eventually what what actually took him out right was a fall yeah so we heard that he fell after the fact but yeah we, we were just waiting at the starting line for the next lap and he just didn't come in we we're shouting and cheering trying to get him to come in and started the next lap and it kind of goes out onto the road before it comes back into the camp um and i stopped at the, the turn um, out onto the road and, and got to watch him come in after the cutoff and it looked pretty emotional so yeah did he did you get to see him um, after thereafter no I did, I did not so I went on for a few more hours and and uh, hadn't, hadn't didn't really get a chance to see him at all after the fact 
Can you talk about the property for a second, kind of give us a, an overall glimpse as to how this is set up? Because I mean, a, you know, a four plus mile loop on somebody's property, how much property is there? Uh, I don't know how much property there is. Uh, so the, the daytime loop, you actually go out onto the road for a half mile out and back. You basically okay. run out onto the road that's part of the, the nighttime road loop. Okay. And you just go down this hill and then turn around and hike back up the hill uh, to get back to the start. So you got about a half mile there that's the road. And then you progress into the trail section. Um, and the trail is kind of like a convoluted lollipop. Um, it's got like a really long, bent handle and then a loop uh, that you go through and then you come back down the handle again. So, so there's an out and back section um, after the... There's, so in the loop, or so in the, the trail section, there's technically an out, it's technically an out and back with the, the popsicle or lollipop format, um, but you're never going to see another person because everybody's got um, coming yeah. against you. Yeah. Because yeah. the, lo the lollipop section is like at least a mile long, I think. Um, it's about 20, yeah, 20 some minutes um, that you'd be in that. Gotcha. And, and aid is all on you. So aid? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a couple times where I was able to sneak some hot water from uh, from a table, or you know, somebody lent me some food. Uh, Steve Slavy graciously offered me like, two quarts of um, of white rice, which I, I desperately needed at one point in the race. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just kind of like it's, it's your responsibility to to get your aid sorted out. Water everything. Yeah, I think there was like spare water jugs around because um, I don't believe I brought enough water. I had like eight gallons or something, and I don't think that that was enough. Um, so miraculously, more water appeared. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> just, like, just like delicious food miraculously appeared on day four when, <laughs> uh, when I had additional crew just kind of flock in and, and help me um, out of nowhere. So. Oh, that's great. That's cool to hear. That is. Um, and, and Steve, uh, going back, Steve was the gentleman that won the uh, backyard burn in Washington, D.C., right? Yeah. And he ended up tapping out at around 53 or 54 hours this time around. Um, okay. I think it was one of those things where you just you have a bad hour, you know, and you just don't have enough time to recuperate. Um, and then you're done. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, it, it sounded like, you know, once that knee started going for you, uh, it was just, man, that's, it seems like that'd be a bunch of bad hours in a row. Um, was, you, go ahead and talk about that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty terrible, but like I had this focus that I, I made a point for this race to have a goal that I didn't want to quit. I wanted to time out. Um, in the end, I ended up quitting anyway, but like, <laughs> Usually I'm just so laid back and low key that it, it, I don't know, trying to be all competitive and keep going until you can't go anymore. That's just not really, I don't know, that's not my style. Um, but I figured this is like the biggest stage race that I'd ever been in. So why not try and do a little bit more, um, really try and take myself to the edge. And so that overnight period where my leg was all screwed up, um, I, I was confident that I would get in before the cutoff every hour and that I could make it to daylight to get to the trail section again and I was absolutely certain that once I did that I would be timed out on the trail like I just did not believe that my knee would be able to handle the trail at all like I thought I was done for and I would be timed out just because I, I couldn't I couldn't move my body fast enough across the trail um sadly it didn't work that way <laughs> so when I when I finished the night sections I got my knee taped up um, and bandaged up and whatever they did was a good enough job I think to kind of help hold the knee in place a bit better I fell really hard on the trail when I started out and uh, I actually fell twice and the second time I fell somehow it kind of opened up my knee almost almost reset it um, so I wasn't getting stabbing pains anymore um, and then I just kind of tore off like a rabbit animal uh, trying to make it through the loop before the cutoff because I was I was like minutes behind schedule at that point um because I thought I was gonna be done for and then I realized like oh I can actually put pressure on this leg again um so I just started like screaming up the hills trying to get there you know trying to get back in as fast as possible um 
Gotcha. And then I carried that on for like another 12 hours. So. My goodness. Ugh, that's incredible. Um, so um, the Chris Roberts I know um, is a really good trash talker. Um, <laughs> was there any of that involved either uh, pre-race or during race? <laughs> I mean, there, I might have thrown some sarcastic comments um, at some folks and even gotten called out on it. <laughs> a couple times i'm not going to go into details but uh yeah there's a little bit of my uh my dry wit was evident uh moments of the course so. oh that's good I'm, I'm glad that that's that's still a part of your repertoire <laughs> yeah. oh that's great oh my gosh all right so um when um oh gosh um I'm going to keep butchering his name. Teramichi? Teramichi. Sorry. Uh, I feel horrible. Teramichi. When Teramichi uh, finally stopped, what hour was that? Um, if I'm not mistaken, he failed to make it in on the 81st hour. So I think he timed out on the 80th. I can't. I don't remember. It was like basically... The, the world record at the time was 81 hours. And I think we were either at that lap to tie it or just before. Um, I think we were on, I think we were on 81. So if he had finished, he would have, you know, technically tied the world record. Um, so yeah, it was gotcha. pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So with him out, that leaves obviously you and, and Harvey. Um, talk about where were where were you where were you thinking where were you physically i mean my knee was i had had a period of about six or eight hours on the trails where it was working all right but then it had started deteriorating again a little bit um it, you know things were kind of going around like a technical rock or something i had to make sure that i wasn't leading with my bad leg just things like that where you're very careful about how you're putting pressure on it um it wasn't really holding me up but i could tell that things were starting to get worse and um in the the downtimes between the laps uh my knee would tighten up considerably so that when i started the next one the next lap i was just like hobbling in extreme pain getting out of the out of the gate um and it just lasted longer and longer and longer every time i tried to warm that leg up um so there's only a few hours there after Teramichi was gone that Harvey and I were out doing our thing. Um, and I think I tried keeping up with Harvey a couple times, but for the most part, he was just out ahead of me at the beginning. So I was so slow um, trying to hobble my way uh, out on the road and get warmed up again. How close were you getting to the hour to the cutoff? It was not bad. I mean, the, on the trail section, I would say I was getting anywhere between four and seven minutes of a time um, of downtime between, you know, when I came in and the next hour. I mean, that's pretty good on the trail. Like, even if I was feeling bad, like, I was getting good times. Um, and then my very last hour that I completed was the first night uh, loop on the road. And I, I burned through that in, like, 45 minutes because I wanted to come in and get my feet fixed up because i'd had i've been wearing road shoes for 100 miles straight um the road shoes that i was like hip stopping or whatever um i was hip hopping on uh, the night before and so like my feet were all blistered up and screwed up from that weird effort and, and i just needed new shoes so i came in got new shoes i had to get my knee like fixed like retaped and everything um and so i figured i needed time so i i, I hoofed it pretty fast to get back there um the problem was that all that time kind of locked up my knee even more. And so when I went out on my spinal lap, uh, I knew pretty quickly that there was no way I was going to be able to um, muster the energy to keep going. It just it hurt too much. And quite frankly, I just didn't, <laughs> didn't want to keep going in the night with like this knee that I wasn't sure if I was causing like real structural damage to it at that point. Because like every single step was just is so painful. So I turned around and quit. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you went through a hell of a lot more than most of us would have, <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, that was incredible, dude. Like, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd wake up and check on you and still going, <laughs> that's, you know, it's, it was incredible. 
Yeah, I heard a couple of people say that they were checking on me and I just looked so bad. Like uh, in the overnight hours, there's a couple of times where I was coming in with like right at the, the three minute whistle before the next loop. So I, just, I looked dead. Um, and so they, you know, they closed their laptops and <laughs> stopped following, went to bed for the night and woke up in the morning and I was still at it. Some kind of miracle had happened. Yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I, I kept, you know, checking on you and you're still going. I was just like, God, it's awesome. But man, so, and how about Harvey? Was he showing any signs of, of uh, fatigue or? Um... Uh, I mean, there were times, I think all of us experienced little bits here and there. There were times I could, I could just kind of feel he was, he was lagging and a little bit sluggish on a certain section of the trail. Um, but for the most part, he wasn't really showing anything. Uh, I thought he was kind of, on the last lap that, that we finished, um was out on the road and i felt like he was going a little slow like maybe he wasn't gonna last too much longer but he was still coming in i think he came in with 10 minutes to spare um and he was doing like calisthenics and stuff while he was uh while he was jogging back so he was clearly trying to keep his you know his hips and and his joints warm and and loose and everything so i couldn't tell if it was him slowing down and needing to like try and keep his body awake and picked up or if he was just kind of doing maintenance um (laughs) So I, I didn't really see any, any true chinks in his armor. Um, maybe just once or twice throughout the, the last day, uh, but nothing to really indicate that he was, he was about ready to crash and burn. Yeah. I got you. Well, I, I was, I was really amazed last week. Um, this is probably not a lot of people know from the ultra world, but there's uh, the let's run.com where it's got the message boards and and they're more about marathon and below, you know, sub, sub. but um, they made mention of the race. They're like, we we had a world record this past weekend and, you know, they, and they mentioned you. So you made the let's run podcast. (laughs) Hey, because they don't mention ultras much at all. Yeah. How Uh, many people came out of the the little message board, just trash talk us all. I, <laughs> I, I don't get on the message boards because I, <laughs> I, I got trashed back when I was supposed to lead you uh-huh. on those message boards. So I said, I'm staying away from the message boards. So, um, but it was yeah. just great to hear. Cause like I said, they don't ever mention ultras unless, you know, something really happens. I think yeah. the only person they've ever had on there is Walmsley. That's been an ultra runner. Um, but it was really cool to hear. So, um, so there was someone on there that was like 84 hours. That's not that far. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> that's right that what, what were they 15 minute miles that's all i gotta do yeah, so slow. <laughs> oh god so um you get termed what's called the the assist um yep so you i mean you guys broke the world record you get the assist um aside from the assist there's a little dog tag that it seems everybody gets um, whether you did one lap or, you know, whatever you guys <laughs> did, God, yep. how, many, how many did you guys end up doing 80? I did, I did 84, 84 and Harvey had to do 85 to, to yep. get the win. That's incredible. Um, how many miles does that end up being? It was 350 on the nose. 350. God bless. 350 yeah. miles. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible dude i mean uh, like it's uh, you got your your time on feet to know what that's going to feel like for for barkley um i mean you know other takeaways what what else i mean i know you're gonna have to work on orienteering but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely that um it, it definitely solidified my love for trails and hate for roads <laughs> i just there's people out there is like you could tell like they're they're in their happy place on the road just smooth sailing i was just it, it was miserable every every mile on those roads i just wanted to be off of it so um were you listening to to music or anything like that no i listened to music one hour that was it um it was it was when i my knee was screwing up uh and i was like i needed something to pump me up uh so i listened to some Dua Lipa for an hour <laughs> that was my pump up music um <laughs> there's gonna be a there's gotta be a meme for that <laughs> i mean you can, I'll, I'll make a video of me doing my little hip spot my my uh hip hop thing and yeah please blast some dual leaf music in the background i'll put it on my youtube channel that'd be fantastic yeah i mean i was i was already i had a whole playlist going i had like my kind of like mellow taylor swift stuff and uh some like 90s uh like uh, alternative music 
but I just, yeah, I've never ended up feeling the need to, uh, okay. to listen to music. So, gosh, that's yeah. incredible, dude, for that long. Man, very cool. Uh, God, this is so incredible. What else? What else can we uh, we take away from this? Uh, don't do it again. <laughs> don't don't do it again unless you're unless you feel guilty and and are you know, guilt tripped into doing it. Um, yeah, I know. Once once a year is going to be more than enough for me. Uh, hopefully, I can get out of this. Oh my god! <laughs> Sometime soon. I don't I don't love it. Um, there are much better races that I, <laughs> I can imagine uh doing so yeah well i mean it's that like i said it, absolutely incredible i mean i don't think there's a person that can listen that just wouldn't be like that's amazing um so uh, you're please tell me nothing else the rest of this year <laughs> I, I got hellgate um <laughs> I, I always have hellgate i yeah it's gonna be like i think my seventh year in a row so Good. my concern now is that my knee is not going to heal quickly enough and I'm just going to be super slow when I get out there and uh John Anderson's going to beat me for a second year in a row oh and man you're not going to let that down I don't, I don't know how I can live with that so I don't know man. Be, I don't know I, I'm just hoping that my knee heals quickly and I can get back to some training in a couple weeks well I would just start the trash talking now and getting in his head you know get that get that oh, working yeah. for you you know and yeah. I think that will that will help but uh Hellgate is uh December god what is it yeah, it's like second second weekend in December weekend. yeah no. okay oh, yeah it's coming up <laughs> <laughs> uh and I mean so and then you'll be putting in your your application for Barkley um yeah. and that that would be next April is that right I mean if I get in it'd be next April but I don't I don't really know if that's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of international folks coming in because uh, no one, presumably, unless there's another COVID travel restriction. Um, but yeah, last year they couldn't get hardly any international folks. So it was a domestic heavy year. So this year is supposed to, 2022 is supposed to be heavy on the international. So mm. I wouldn't be surprised if um, Laz just let me wait in my spot on the wait list um, for a while longer, which that's fine. <laughs> Are you going to come back for a uh, hellbender? So if I don't get into Barkley, I will probably do hellbender. All right. Um, I would <laughs> like to. So. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, that'd be great to have you back. Yeah. Yep. The registration opens this weekend. Um, or... You guys already got my money from yeah. like 2019 or whatever it was. <laughs> I ain't got it. <laughs> Somebody's got my money. <laughs> I sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> but man chris i was awesome i like i loved hearing your story what did your kids think well i, I really want to hear about what your family thought i mean my kids seem kind of excited like they made little banners and stuff yay daddy's running and, and all that but um i don't know they got to play with a grandma for a couple of days so <laughs> i think they're more excited about that to be honest <laughs> no yeah yeah oh that, it's hard when they're that age to, to comprehend what you just did um, man, that's just, I don't think they really care. <laughs> <laughs> My wife was pretty supportive. She, uh, she's, uh, I don't know. She was glad to see how far I went. Um, I'm pretty proud of me. So it was, it was nice to get that support. Um, and I was so thankful that she took on the load of looking after the kids for the better part of a week while I just, you know, disappeared <laughs> to go play and some guy's backyard in Tennessee. So. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's great to have a supportive significant other when uh, when we do crazy things like we do. Definitely. Sure. Well, now I just got to figure out how I'm going to pay her back. So. <laughs> I'm going to have to send her on a vacation, <laughs> a little seven-day vacation wherever she wants to go. Yeah. Oh, my uh, goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we can never pay them back enough, that's for sure. We try yep. to take them to cool, some cool spots, but, you know, they've got to wait while we're out there. Yeah, I love it. How it's always like, hey, let's go on this vacation. Um, by the way, there's a race that I'm going to do. So. <laughs> but it's going to be really cool. We've got a cool family vacation, which I can't say because it's a surprise to the kids. But then after that, I'm heading to uh, Arizona for Black Canyons. So um, nice. yeah, I'm hoping to to bring her along and uh, the kids will have school. So, but cool. What yeah. month is Black Canyon? February. 
February. Okay. Yeah, February. So I'm, you know, I'm going to put in for Western States again, <laughs> but uh, yep. yeah, it's uh, like my focus obviously is going to be on uh, Hellbender after Black Canyon's trying to prepare and get that stuff together. Um, yep. but, yeah. And if I, if I don't get into Western States, uh, I signed it for the bear. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Some different well, spots. I, yeah, I'm still not sure what I'm going to do in the fall. I might, it might be nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I signed up for Bighorn. That's oh, enough nice. time, yeah. I think, for some downtime between then and like a September race. But then again, I don't know. Bighorn's a beautiful course. I, you know, I, I, I absolutely love that. Even like, I'm not a huge out and back guy, but that was like, yeah. it's, you know, you, you can't remember everything because it's different times of day. So it's yeah. a, it's a great choice. Great, great place to go. And I mean, you can go so many cool places after that race. So, yeah. And I, I don't want to do Wasatch. But I just don't know if I'm going to be able to fit it in. I was supposed to do it this year, but I decided to pull out so I could focus on, on bigs and not be dead by the time I get yeah. to Tennessee. So that's, yeah. I think it, it worked out. It's just, I still need to run Wasatch. Sometime. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's on my bucket list too, but you know, it's, we can only do so much. It's tough. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's tough. Oh man, Chris, thank you so much, buddy. Congratulations once again. It was thank tremendous. You. It was, was great awesome. chatting with you. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. I had a great time. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> once again, congrats to Chris on this amazing, amazing performance. Uh, I couldn't believe, uh, <laughs> the you know the things that that he said and oh man what a what a joy uh what a great conversation thank you chris and congratulations once again well things here in the mr running pains world has been extremely busy um i had a number of people take me up on uh some of my old gear uh which i am so happy about to uh, to get some of that into folks hands that can use it uh, if you or someone you know is is in the situation um, that uh, that they could use some old gear, uh, I'm typically a large or extra large in my gear, but I have some handhelds left, some packs. Um, I, I know I have a Hoka pack and uh, a Nathan um, Krar pack uh, that I can think of off the top of my head, uh, and a few handhelds left. If you could use any of that, please let me know. I'm happy to get that into your hands. Um, I have some some uh, long tights left, um, some tops. Uh, gosh, um, maybe a, a rain jacket or windbreaker. So I do have some gear left. Um, I mean, and I'm happy to to send that off at uh, no cost to the person. Again, these are people that you know may be stretched for money and just don't have the finances to buy gear. Um, really want to help those individuals. So. If you or someone you know is in that situation, please reach out to me through whatever avenue you like. This is between you and I. Um, I am not trying to post on social media uh, or say anything about it. It's just between the two of us. So um, thank you uh, for those that have reached out. And I mean, it just brings joy to my heart to get a thank you back. It's a simple act of kindness. Uh, So if I can help, please let me know. Also, um, with my Patreon supporters, uh, first, thank you to them. They make what I'm about to say possible. Um, I am going to do a scholarship, a shoe scholarship, if you will, uh, every month with, uh, with my Patreon dollars. Uh, this month, I was able to help out an individual who uh, is between paychecks, uh, between jobs, and you know just couldn't afford a new pair of shoes at the moment, but needed them. So uh, you know, I was so happy that I could step up and, and provide. So each month I am going to try to provide a pair of shoes. So October, uh, that, that pair is already spoken for, but as we get into November, if you or someone, you know, is, uh, you know, having a little difficult time with finances right now, needs a new pair of shoes, please reach out to me. Uh, obviously I can't do, you know, a shoe pair of shoes for everybody, but for now I will do a pair per month. Uh, so if you are just, you know, really in need of shoes and just, you know, having a hard time right now, please let me know. I will see what I can do. I am, you know, again, just so happy to be able to do this, um, really trying to, you know, give back in whatever way I can. So, um, you know, like, like I said, whatever avenue you want, reach out to me. All right. Um, so with those two things said, um, just got my new GoPro 10. Um, I'm really excited about that. I'm going to start doing some videos, 
um, and and kind of uh, talking about my journey to Black Canyons. Um, I'm just trying to figure out <laughs> a few logistical things, and I will start uploading those videos to uh, to YouTube. So please join my YouTube channel. Uh, it's just under Aaron Saft. Uh, you can find the link in the show notes. Um, but you know, subscribe there. You can hear what I'm going through, uh, my journey, what I'm doing. I'm going to try to you know give some some tips on there, training, all that kind of stuff on the YouTube channel. So join me there if you're interested. Um, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm really not good at putting myself out there. I hate seeing myself on camera (laughs) or in pictures, uh, but I feel this will help me hold myself accountable, uh, for my training and my goals. So, um, you know, going to Black Canyon 100K, gold is not for a golden ticket. I just want to get back to being competitive again. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get my mindset. So I'm working on a ton of things, and we're going to talk about those on the YouTube channel. So join me there. Uh, Hellbender, Hellbender, you know, as I record this, today is October 26th. This episode will come out on October 28th. Uh, November 1st, the Hellbender 100 registration opens at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, um, you know, hop on there. We've got 75 spots for males, 75 spots for females. I hope you'll join us. It is on Ultra Sign Up. So, uh, please, you know, sign up, and I can't wait for the event. The event will be next May 6th and 7th. That's 2022. So, with that said, you know, lots been going on, trying to get ready for it, trying to get registration ready. Um, super, 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 obviously excited to be able to bring that event back and be directing it again. I thank the Run 828 Foundation for that opportunity. Um, and uh, join us on the Hellbender podcast. That comes out the first and third Saturday of every month. I am also your host there. And, uh, you know, we're talking all things Hellbender. Uh, we've gone over the course, volunteering, aid station. We've been talking about a lot of different things on that podcast, trail work, everything. So join us over there. Subscribe. I just got it up on the Apple Podcasts. Uh, finally got the artwork to work there. Anybody that's kind of been through that process knows that <laughs> it's uh, not easy. So I am I'm glad that's finally up. Uh, trying to get it on all major listening platforms. Uh, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. So I'm trying, but uh, it is up on Apple Podcasts now. So uh, with that said, please subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Same thing as you would do here. Um, You know, subscribe and share. Uh, It's just tremendous for that kind of help. Um, again, if you want to help me with my shoe mission, getting, uh, you know, I'd love to, to be able to do more, um, as this podcast grows, but if you can subscribe to Patreon, even a dollar a month, will put uh, that dollar towards uh, a pair of shoes for somebody that, you know, is in need. So you'd be helping another runner. Um, really appreciate that. I appreciate my Patreon supporters being supportive of it. I reached out to them to make sure that they are okay with their dollars going towards that. And they most graciously said yes. So, um, I am I am super grateful uh, to be able to to uh, to have this opportunity, and uh, if you can support it, you know, follow the Patreon link. It's in the show notes. It's on my website. Um, and uh, with that said, November first, uh, again, rolling around the corner. So newsletter, November newsletter, my MR Running Pains newsletter will be coming out. Uh, the you know around the first of the month. So uh, if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, please go over to my website once again, mrrunningpains.com, and subscribe to the newsletter. All my old newsletters and podcasts are archived on the website. Uh, you can also find out about my coaching services. Uh, I will have a few spots opening up here as people finish up their fall goals. So if you are looking for some coaching and you want to have that conversation to hear about what I do, what I believe, um, and how I can potentially help you, just reach out. And you can reach out through the website or through any of the other social media avenues that are listed in the show notes. Uh, really, I've been you know really enjoying this process. Uh, just finished up the UESCA, USCA, uh, Ultra Running Certification. Pulled you know some really good stuff off of there. Jason Coop assisted in creating the modules for that. So really enjoyed that. Passed my test with a 95. I got, uh, let's see, uh, it was 150 questions. I got 143 out of 150 right. So pretty stoked about that. 
Um, and uh, I'm, I'm going to go through, I think I'm going to try Travis Macy's Ultra Mindset course. Uh, it's a two-month course, but it, it works on uh, working on mindset, which uh, I think is, is you know, obviously a huge, huge help to, to any athlete at any level uh, or just any individual. So I'm going to try going through that. Um, you know, we, uh, as, as a group, as my uh, my coaching team, we, um, we did a book review this month of Travis Macy's Ultra Mindset book. So we're going to be talking about that, but, uh, you know, I looked a little more in depth and signed up for his newsletter. Really liked the book. Really dug what he was saying. Um, you know, was, uh, I, I finished it up on a run uh, just yesterday, kind of getting back to training. And like I said, starting up my training for uh, Black Canyon's 100K. And uh, man, I just, I found myself, uh, you know, in the flow. Uh, I'm going to talk about it on my, my YouTube video. So again, join me there. Um, anything else? Um, son's finishing up his cross country season. The, the dude smoked it last week at his conference meet. He's a freshman. He won. Um, it's, uh, it's debatable. I, I have to look up the official results. Either ran 1559 or 1601. But as a freshman, super stoked to see his performance. Super excited for him. His state quals are this weekend. Um, so I'm looking forward to going on and, and cheering him on. I know it's the season's getting a little bit long for him, so uh, I know he's he's looking forward to it coming to a close. But uh, I'm just overjoyed to see his uh, his success and, and what he's been doing. Uh, so tremendous job to him. Um, and other than that, uh, you know, I just hope everybody is enjoying once again the fall. Oh man, what a beautiful time of year this is! Leaves turning colors, temperatures dropping. It just feels amazing. All my athletes are like, "I'm running so much faster," and it's just this cooler weather is just you know, it's just what we needed to to run some fast times this fall. So, hope you're out there enjoying it, training. And uh, like I said, if I can answer any questions, you have any comments, any guests you want to hear from, please let me know. Uh, reach out to me again through the show notes. You can reach out through whatever avenue is best for you. I really am enjoying uh, having the opportunity to talk to these amazing runners. Chris Roberts, once again, congratulations. Thank you so much. And thank you all. Thanks for listening, for supporting the podcast. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Until then, keep running, my friends.